Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to urge in the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to urge in the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Following On from TalkSport. I'm John Norman and tonight a bit of a special show really. I'm kind of on it and I'm kind of not. Uh, The man who will be talking you through, Jared Kimber, who's been part of the Following On podcast for the third test match uh, between England and New Zealand. And he's going to be given special prompting uh, by his uh, second born, his son, Eek. So... Yeah, confused, you might be. Doesn't really matter. Just go with it, man. Uh, it's, it's a new way of test cricket. It's a new way of the following on podcast. Thanks for joining us. So, if you're listening, uh, you're probably a little bit confused. But you also know by now that, um, well, New Zealand ended day three, 137 runs ahead of England. England starting the day with uh, Bearstow and Overton at the crease. Uh, would Jamie Overton reach 100? Well, sadly not. He was uh, first man out for 97. And um, that brought a, a bit of a throwback, really. Stuart Broad, one of his uh, cameos from pre-2010. Uh, either way, he blasted away. Johnny Bairstow weighed in with a few himself. And in the end, England were bowled out for 360. So a lead of 31. Uh, New Zealand lost Will Young early. Uh, whether we'll see him as an opener for New Zealand again, well, we'll just have to wait and see when New Zealand play a test match uh, in about the year 2027. And then Tom Latham and Kane Williamson settled down. Uh, they took the lead past 100. They were going at pretty good pace. And uh, just when you thought that a bit of normal cricket uh, would out, well, then the batsman did exactly that and got out. Uh, Latham went... Uh, to Joe Root after a break. Uh, Kane Williamson departed thanks to uh, his tormentor, uh, Matthew Potts. Jack Leach bowled wonderfully well. He took a wicket and um, and England uh, chipped away. So, uh, just when you thought New Zealand were uh, up against it, you just have to have a look at the scoreboard and see that Blundell and Mitchell, the men at the crease, so they'll put on 200 tomorrow. And then England will chase down 400 in about a session and a half. You heard it. Uh, here first I suppose anyway uh, that's about all you're going to hear from me today so it's over to the Kimbers Jared and Eek Story of the day Hey dad what's the story of the day? I mean clearly this just has to be the same thing that's happened all series there's a point where Latham is batting with Williamson where you're just like well 
this is it. Finally, they're just going to put a partnership together. They're going to score 150 to 200, and then Conway will come in, and he'll knock around some more runs with whoever's left, and eventually Mitchell would come in, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And instead, they just keep doing the same thing, New Zealand, right? They get themselves ahead of the game. Crick Viz, or whichever win predictor you're using, says New Zealand is in charge. This is when it's going to happen. And then things start to fall apart. The first one was the Latham wicket just after whatever that break, whichever break that was. I can't even remember now. And the other one was the three wickets after the rain, like losing a wicket to Joe Root. Yes, he's bowling to a left-hander, so slightly better matchup for him than usual. But even so, like, I mean, come on. Uh, it's just, it's just not good enough. I, 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 you know, I have more and more questions about New Zealand as a cricket team. And I do wonder how much it is. It doesn't really matter that much, if that makes sense. And it's just one of those tours that sometimes you have where everything goes wrong. But then you look at Henry Nichols' numbers against spin and you start to think to yourself, well, not a particularly good player of spin. And Jack Leach made him look silly. Um, Conway uh, was unlucky, but that looked like that looked like a rookie error, not someone as not as experienced as him. At a certain point, has Williamson not just worked out that Potts is angling the ball in and taking it away? He's faced better bowlers than Potts to do that before. Is that the elbow? Uh, is it just that Potts is bowling really well? I, I don't know. There's, I'm just frustrated with them as a team and how they've gone so far. And it's the same thing that. England do well through the broad partnership um, at the start of the day, or the broad innings, I suppose, at the start of the day. New Zealand come out, lose Will Young, fine, rebound, start to build a score. Pitch looks like it's not doing particularly much. Then New Zealand find ways of losing wickets around breaks in this case, but just it's just not good enough. And it feels like that's been, I don't know, the entire series. Moment of the day. Dad, what's the moment of the day? I suppose it's Tom Latham being dismissed again because, you know, I feel like we've been there a lot at this point. Um, Look, he probably hasn't had a horrible series, but if he had stood up along with Mitchell and Blundell, are New Zealand in this position? And that's putting a lot of pressure on him. Williamson, obviously, and and Conway really haven't been spectacular either. Neither is Henry Nichols. Um, Williamson, we know... The arm injury is playing a part of what is going on with him. Conway's still relatively new to test cricket, as experienced as he is. Uh, Nichols has issues, which I've talked about before, you know, the way he plays spin specifically. You know, Latham is up there for the best opener in the world, right? I mean, there's no... You've got Dean Elgar, you've got Dimith Karuna-Ratna, maybe Craig Prathwaite, um, uh, you know, and David Warner's probably still sort of hanging on there. But realistically... Latham's right up there with one of the best openers in the world. In an era, oh, I've got Rohit Sharma. In an era where we don't have that many good, consistent openers, and this has been disappointing. And you look at his record in Australia; he averages twenty six. In England, he averages twenty six. In India, it's thirty five. In South Africa, in only two tests, it's two. Um, even in the UAE, it's thirty five. Outside of you know, obviously he's brilliant in New Zealand conditions, which is tough. Don't get me wrong. Um, he's played a couple of good knocks in Sri Lanka um, and done a well and done well in the West Indies. He's not really been a productive away player. 
But you look at him and there's no reason why he shouldn't be a productive player. He's a very, very talented player. So they were on top. And I really didn't see England getting a wicket. I, in fact, I thought England were losing the plot a little bit. And then suddenly, Latham goes out. So, yeah, that's the moment of the day. Jay Watt, how well did Jack Leach bowl? I think Jack Leach has been exceptional so far in this test. I looked up his numbers, actually, to see if this was, you know, uh, figures-wise, the best he's bowled in tests. But in England. But most of all, I was surprised just how little he has bowled. I know he hasn't played a lot of games, but there's been entire games. I think he bowled three overs in one game. He didn't bowl in another game. That can happen to spinners in, in the UK. But it also tells you a little bit of the way that England think about him. Uh, perhaps that Joe Root used him. Although one of those was Ben Stokes in this very series, right? And then since then, he's bowled massive spells. Now, perhaps that's been at Trent Bridge. It was, there wasn't much else they could do. Um, and if, if you look at what was going on in, in this test, it has been spinning. So it certainly helped him. And, and that's the thing with Jack Leach. I don't want to go too over the top because realistically, when the pitch spins, he looks like a much better bowler than when it doesn't. And you might say, well, that's all spinners. And it is to a certain degree, but the difference for him is massive. You know, he averages 10 more away from um, Somerset and Siderabad than he does in the rest of county cricket. Uh, we've seen that when he's tried to bowl in other surfaces around the world. You know, there are spinners who are good at keeping the pressure on. There are spinners who can, at the very least, uh, keep an end tight, um, or, you know, occasionally chip in with wickets. Generally, what we're seeing from Leach is he doesn't have that ability. It's either spinning and he's bowling really well, or it's not spinning and he might as well not be bowling. Well, I think in the last two tests, I think last test, I didn't think he bowled particularly well. From there to here, it looks like there's been some technical changes. Uh, there seems to be just more drift. I think he's been bowling exceptionally well in this particular match. Uh, he, he was a little bit lucky with his wickets in, in the first innings, um, but I thought he bowled well enough to get more than one wicket today. Uh, obviously, when the wicket he did get was of Henry Nichols, and uh, I think Henry Nichols is probably one of the worst players to spin in the world, well, finger spin. Um, specifically in the world. And, you know, I've, I've seen nothing in his game to get better. But regardless of that, I thought Leach certainly put a little bit more pressure on today. And I think that, you know, the fact that Stokes was willing to give him the ball so early on, and then on top of that, he just went at the two runs and over. And I think if you go back to the, the first innings as well, um, I think in the first innings, he went maybe two and a half um, uh, around that number. Again, it's just not things that we're used to. Part of the reason is that he just hasn't bowled that much in the UK. Um, and and I don't think he'll ever be a particularly good flat pitch bowler. But if he can work out how to continue the drift that we've seen at Headingley, and it might just be that it's local conditions, there's no reason why he can't be slightly more useful to England than he has been. Um, and Ben Stokes seems to want to give him the ball and, and see what he can do and bowl with him in a way that we're not used to English spinners being used. Or, well, we're certainly not used to Jack Leach being used. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz and the Channel Eyes Bingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? 
Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Jared, did Jamie Overton fail today because he started pretending to be a batter? We talked about this on the podcast yesterday when it, comes, when it came to Jamie Overton. And the reason that I thought Jamie Overton would struggle is he's not an all-rounder. That will be thrown at him, especially now after this innings. And at the very moment, you'd have to say that he's a bowler who can bat. I think I, I would have thought of him as a, a decent number nine um, he's starting to push towards maybe a decent number eight, uh, a long way away from being an all-rounder. But still, uh, he doesn't. And, and one of the reasons he, you know, he doesn't have the ability that to be an all-rounder is that he hasn't batted that much. And when you put someone who hasn't batted that much in a situation that they're unaware of or that they're not used to, maybe is the best way to put it. Not unaware. He's aware that it can happen, but it's something that he hasn't done very often because he hasn't made many runs in his career. That's why I thought he was going to struggle on, on day two, or on the third day in this case, but you know, on, on the second day of his innings. When, when guys like him who are not batters, even if they're bowling or rounders, it's very easy for them to get into a rhythm with their batting and just go on with it. The toughest thing with batting really is the starting again, right? You can make a lot of runs, uh, but then having to go back and start again can be really, really tricky. And... And I think that's what Overton um, uh, had a bigger issue with. I know what you're saying about him starting to pretend to be a batter. I don't think it was that at all. I think he was just trying to get restarted. And New Zealand were bowling really well at that point. And they just put a little bit of pressure on him. Also, he's made one first-class 100 in 80 games. He wouldn't have played a lot of club cricket or anything, my guess is. He might have made a couple of hundreds when he was younger. But he's not used to making hundreds. That is a... Once you do it few times it doesn't really become as big an issue for most players there are some players obviously more often than not as we talked about a lot here you know you're more likely to go out just after you make 100 which is definitely when I would have expected him to go out had he made the 100 yesterday but in this sort of situation 
having to start again and think about that other thing. I think it all just played a little bit. But it's not so much that I th- thought he started to pretend to be a batter. It's that he's not a batter, right? And he doesn't think that sort of way. And there was always going to be, I don't know the best way of putting it, but like a, a cloudiness to his thinking uh, when you look at it from that particular direction. What is going to happen tomorrow? Dado, what's going to happen tomorrow? Well, I think this one's probably the easiest one to answer ever because Daryl Mitchell and Tom Blundell are batting, so they're going to bat for about four hours. They're both going to make hundreds. Maybe Blundell needs slightly longer uh, than that to make his hundred, but they're both going to make hundreds. Then Blundell's going to go out first. Uh, not long after that, Mitchell will play with the tail. Um, a couple of the tail enders will score a little bit, and then they'll set England, what, 270 to 320? And then England's top order will completely fall apart in the chase before um, England will come storming home and win the game. And I only say this based on, isn't that what has happened every test? It's incredible how much it seems to be following the same script. I feel, and maybe I'm wrong here, but I feel that Mitchell and Bundle can't do it again. That's nothing to do with them. I just feel like, you know, eventually... England are going to work out how to bowl to one of these guys. I, you know, I would think. Um, and if that's the case, then, you know, it's probably going to be Blundell, but maybe not. I don't know. I mean, Blundell got a bad LBW decision in the first innings, right? So, um, you know, he, his 55 was probably seen as a failure by him compared to his standards, but realistically, he could have kept batting as well. But I just feel like maybe it's just the odds of probability more than anything else that that, that will happen. One thing... I thought there was one period today, and I think it was when Potts came off, Overton came on, and then Stokes came on. I thought England were chasing a bit too hard. I thought, and I went back and watched like all the deliveries like after each other in like one big thing. Sometimes I like to do that. I felt like England had so much pressure on them, and then they started really chasing a wicket. I thought just keeping that pressure on probably would have got them all the wickets um, that they would have ended up with anyway. If they just keep that pressure on tomorrow, I don't think... And, and maybe Mitchell is just hard to put pressure on. They should be able to keep it on Blundell. Uh, if the pitch keeps giving that little bit of assistance and England keep bowling at the level they are, especially now with Jack Leach bowling better, I think they're a chance. I think maybe that's the difference, actually, because they can then go to Leach. And I thought in that other session... When, when Stokes and Overton sort of lost it for a little while, I actually thought Leach really, really helped them. So I've got a feeling now that New Zealand are very close to being broken. How, ha, having said that, I suppose Mitchell and Blundell aren't, but I just have a feeling that if it hadn't have rained, we would have seen one of them go out. Maybe the difference is that they get to reset themselves a little bit and come out. Um, uh, but yeah, it's it's a fascinating test match because it kind of feels like all the others and yet you know that that's not how sport works. Hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. 
Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi, nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bimbingus of the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how.